You are listening to Impact My City, a podcast for the rising entrepreneur pursuing their endeavors to be the person they want to become. I'm your host, Danny Aguirre. In this podcast, you'll hear stories from entrepreneurs, influencers, and rising artists. You'll be able to learn from their experiences and cater it to your lifestyle. So let's get started. Anthony Trucks, former NFL athlete, former American Ninja Warrior, great keynote speaker. Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. I like how you said former Ninja Warrior. I'm, I'm free. As far as I know, I'm still there. I'm still in this season at, at this very moment. Oh, you're um, still competing today? Yeah, still well, not to this today, but yeah, actually. So I'm going to city uh, city finals for Los Angeles. It'll, I think it'll air sometime in June. Wow, July. Con- yeah, man. Still Congratulations. rolling. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's super mm-hmm. cool. So where where did this all start? Where where did did you become? How did you get to where you are today? How did Anthony become Anthony? Huh? That's yeah. Right, Long question. Uh, what's well, not a long question? It's a short question, long answer, right? So I, I guess the thing for me is is uh, I, I, at this point in my life, I do a lot of, uh, a lot of stepping back and thinking about how I can serve other human beings. Right. So people are listening right like today, there's going to be a thought in their head. Like, why am I listening to this guy? What's the time get the, you know, give me being spent. My big thing is if you pay attention to my story and you can learn some things, you who's listening right now. Yes. Um, you'll be able to hopefully find some part of inspiration, maybe some clarity on how to navigate hardships, how to look at the life through different lens so that you can actually keep hope and aspirations towards bigger picture things. And then maybe just an idea of like, hey, um, my problems aren't all that bad. And if, if this is what I have, maybe it's not something where I got to always feel down, but look at the fact that I am actually farther ahead than most and I can get farther along if I keep moving. So I say that and I'll take us back to the beginning. So my journey of life that I remember started at three years old. I was, uh, I was playing in my house and my, my mom called my name and I remember going out to the back and I was three. I remember seeing her face. She's crying. She leans down, gives me a kiss and hands my hand at a strange woman who walks me to a car, Black Crown Victoria. And uh, I didn't know at the time, but I was being put into foster care, me and my three siblings. So the first parts of my life are like, you feel like less than, you feel lost, you feel confused. This is three years old, you know, these aren't emotions I can even navigate. I just remember feeling dark. And then for the next three years, I bounced around from foster home to foster home, like five different homes. And you really deal with a lot of hardship. It's, It's not something where these homes positively care for you. It's just a paycheck. Like, I, they get paid to have me there. Therefore, as long as I don't die, all is right in the world. So I got beat. I got starved. I got a whole bunch of weird stuff happening. So by six years old, really unhappy, really disconnected, really emotionally just off, we'll call it. I was just a bad kid, always just causing problems. And so I got put into the house, which is my family now. Uh, the unique thing is we were really poor back then, and I'm the only black person in an all-white family. And so I had a lot of dynamics to deal with, a lot of pain. I might have drunk first foster had was like a drunk. He used to beat my mom, beat me. And just weird stuff. And so progressed in my life, spent another eight years in that situation where my mom divorced that guy, eventually got remarried, life got better. But I was still a foster kid, which means that I could be taken anytime. Like when I was in those five houses, they literally would just show up, pick you up, take somewhere else. You have no idea if you're going somewhere better, worse, home, no clue. So every day that life would get better, it's like, I have no idea if I'm still going to have this tomorrow. So for eight years of my life, up to the age of 14, I dealt with that dealt with a crazy biological mom who caused a lot of emotional problems in me. And 14 years old, I stood up in front of a judge and said, I no longer want this woman to be my mom anymore. And I severed what's called parental rights. And I was finally able to be adopted. So I got adopted. And then it was like, for me, it's like, all right, this is my, my family now. For the first time in my life, I now knew that the pillow I woke up on, I would go to sleep on. I didn't know it for 14 years of my life. Wow. And so now I get to this point where 
trying to figure out like who's Anthony, what goes on. My biological mom was no longer in the picture. My adoptive mom got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Uh, but I got to do something that was unique that no one, no one really grasps or even hangs on the way I did. But I got to play football. I could hit people as hard as I wanted, run free. Like people loved it. It was crazy. It's like I get to not get in trouble for making Timmy cry. Hell yes, I'm doing that. And so I went on that journey, man. And I was really bad at the game because I was so far behind my peers. But I had this desire to like really do this thing. So I, you know, did the first year was bad, second year was bad, and then I got to this point where a lot of us get, which is, man, I, uh, I, I'm not doing well at this. And if I'm not doing good, I don't want the pain of what comes along with not succeeding. And this is everybody. We all, no one likes the pain of what comes along with not succeeding. And so we're good at trying to find mistakes, or sorry, excuses to cover the mistakes or find ways to procrastinate or, or just not do this thing. And so I did that. I pretty much gave up, said, you know, I'm not going to do football. I'm a foster kid. I'm not supposed to do well. You know, my mom is sick. I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and tank through school. I was setting myself up for failure. In fact, like all my siblings, uh, and all my siblings, I'm one of six in the adopted family. I'm the only one to have graduated from the actual high school. Like, it's just, I love my family to get, don't get me wrong, but like, we weren't taught how to study or take care of school. It wasn't a family thing. And so I was right along the path. And then I was sitting in this classroom, and these two girls were sitting in this classroom, Mr. Howell's English class, it's in the back right desk, and a black park over my head. And they were in this love seat that was on the side. <clears throat> and I'm having a conversation, and one girl says the other girl very poignantly, well, the reason I'm so bad is because I'm in foster care. And I remember this thought in my head of like, that sounds horrible. Like, that's a really crappy excuse. And you don't usually in life get a chance to hear your excuse out loud. But then when you do, it's like, that's gross. <laughs> so my thought was like, I don't want that to be my life. I want to look at my life, you know, 30, 35 years old. And look back and say, well, the reason I'm a criminal or I'm in jail or I'm bad or I'm a bad dad or I'm beating my wife or I'm a drunk or I'm a druggie is because of my foster care experience. I had no control over that. And I was a kid. So I had this thought of like, well, I got to find a way to get out of this. And I want to be great in some way. And it wasn't like I wanted to be great um, based on what the world would say was great. Because for me, a foster kid, most people don't know this, but any prison in America, 75% of the inmates are former foster kids. Wow. Like 51% of the homeless population it's former foster kids. And then I think 1% of us ever graduated college. So I'm not supposed to do well numerically. And that was what I was going towards. And I was like, no, I want to be great. And not just great in, in comparison to that. Because great in comparison to that is like, I got a job, but I'm not you know, robbing cars. That's what great is for a foster kid numerically. For me, I was like, I'm thinking the world's great. So I was like, I'm going to go figure out how to do something great. And so I, I chose to go back to this thing that I'd already kind of given up, which was football. And I dug in, dude. Like I just grinded my heart and soul out. I was running routes to the park. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was lifting weights that I probably was doing wrong. I was like, I'm just going to be giving everything I can to this. And it worked out. Next year I came back an animal, bro. I was angry. I was mean. The biggest thing is a lot of us don't work hard enough in life to where we, we have this, um, this chip on our shoulder to where we won't allow someone to beat us because they didn't earn the right. Like that's something that most people don't grasp or understand. Like they'll say, oh, I worked hard. Like, no, I, I worked. And so when me and you got to that line, you didn't have the right to beat me. Like you don't, you didn't go to the, the, the hours I did. You probably sat at home and played games and were, you weren't working like me. You can't beat me. You don't have the right to. And that comes from when you put that work in and that showed up two years later, I got a scholarship to play football at the university of Oregon. That turned into, you know, a four year gap of craziness. I, I, my high school sweetheart went with me up there. We had a kid on my sophomore year, found my biological dad, my sophomore year, uh, Man, I lost a, a couple grandparents, went to suicide, 
graduated from college, got a chance to play in the NFL, got married right before I went into the NFL. And, uh, and for me, it was just this long journey. A lot more has happened past that, but that's all we'll call it adult stuff. I've had situations where, uh, you know, I opened a gym when I came home, I lost my marriage, almost took my life, came back from the brink. And now I do this. I mean, it's, it's kind of that thing where there's a lot, a lot of depth into what it is I do. But I think the real clear part for me is when I talk about it, it's like the stuff that's come from what I've done, the NFL, the ninja warrior, the, the gym, the, the speaking, the traveling, all that comes from the hardship in life. And a lot of people, they don't realize that that's the test that life gives you. And when you pass the test, you get the success, you get the A's. But everybody else is trying to avoid the pain. They're confused about what to do. And, and they figure their confusion is all of a sudden going to dissipate when I just sit there still doing nothing. When the reality is, is it's, it's kind of like you have to swim through the cloudy water, hold your breath and swim through it. And then at the far side, eventually the dirt will settle. And you'll see, but you can't expect to pass the tests of life if you skip class. Like you can't remove yourself from hard situations. And so many people are trying to remove themselves from these situations. And the problem is within that situation is all of your answers because that situation is going to come again. And if you don't find the answer now, you're never going to have an answer for it later on. And that. so a lot of it's just my life's been a whole bunch of a collection of hardships and craziness. But at the same time, as much as I don't like it, I appreciate all of it because it gives you a different when you've gone through crap and come out on the backside. Just I mean, literally, there's no special steps. It's just stick in it. Damn it. Like, it's really it. It's like, just stay, like, don't, don't back out. And when you do that, you come on the backside and you have appreciation for what you have. It's positive. Like my optimistic aspect for life is ridiculous. I just am happy. And it's not because I'm creepy or drugged up. It's because I've gone through such garbage that every moment I get to compare to what it could have been to I'm like, dude, I'm happy. I'm sitting here right now, like having a podcast, talking to some guy like this is, this is the beauty of humanity. And this would be not possible if at any point in time previously, I just tanked it and packed it up. Yeah. See, you're, you're a king at perseverance. I mean, going through that at, at such a young age, most people that I know that I have just myself as well, it, when it came to football and with me and I was, when I wasn't good at football, I just decided, you know what, pack the bags. I'm done with this. Uh, let's move on to something else. So that's, that's super just inspiring to me that you are willing to just push through all those events, those life events um, from the age of one through 14. Like that's a huge thing. Uh, what, what was going through your mind when you went from or high school into college, like getting that, that achievement of, okay, well I graduated and now I'm going to the university of Oregon. What was that? What did that, how'd that feel? That was a big question of, do I deserve this? I think it's one thing people think I had this, uh, uh, like, there's a confidence of bravado we all have to carry. Let's be honest. Like, you got to walk out your chest tall. It's America. It's the world. And for me, the big thing was there's always this question of background of if I wasn't good enough, my mom, am I good enough for this world? And it still carries it to this day. Don't get me wrong. I'm confident. But like, there's always when I get to the emotional part of the child, we'll call it, inside of Anthony, there's always that question of, like, am I good enough for this? So for a lot of years, I would let it affect me negatively. The thought doesn't creep in as much. It doesn't really, you know, do much to my world now. I'm aware of what it is cognitively. But at that time, I'm like, man, I'm about to go to college and get a, I got a scholarship. And, and I'd never had that kind of world praise before. Most of the time, the world has beat me and starved me. Like, I've had that kind of experience. It's been tough. And so in this situation, it's kind of like, damn, like, what do I do with all this? And so it's scary. I'm leaving home. And I, again, my only experience with leaving home is going to bad places because of foster care. So, like, that was a weird one. Uh, I have a weird connection to, like, the female in my life. I don't cheat. It's not 
it's not even always because of the female, but it's because I don't, I don't want to damage the positive female relationships. Like my wife and I, like she'll never have a worry of me stepping out because I'm just too connected there. So when I was with her in high school, it was kind of this thing of like, I'm not going to have her around. Uh, my family's not here. And I'm going to the situation where I don't know anybody. Nobody knows me. They have no reason to like me. Mm. And I got to work and do the hardest stuff ever. I got to take care of school. And again, I wasn't great in school. My, my fiance, uh, wife, girlfriend at the time, she's been different things in multiple times in my life. Like she was the one that was helping me academically. So I'm sitting here like scared. Do I deserve this? I'm scared of this. The hell do I do? And that is the natural order of it. You have to be there. If I didn't have that, I think if we don't have the fear of situations, we don't take them serious enough. If you're not scared of it, even a little bit, it doesn't, it's not as important to you. It's not going to carry the weight of, of an outcome that you really desire. Because if it's easy, it's like, oh, let's do it and get done with it. It's no big deal. But when there's importance to it, now it carries weight. And that's where I think fear comes from. It's like, what if I mess this up? And the only reason you think that's because it matters. And so at this moment, it was important to me. And it was a natural order of things. It had to be that. And so for me, like the way I stuck in it, it was, it was more of a, um, <clears throat> I didn't want to let past Anthony down. So we, we talk about self-love and self-respect at these very philosophical, esoteric, you know, um, spiritual levels, but nobody's really thinking about what it means from a logical, cognitive, everyday aspect. Like if I care about somebody, I respect somebody, I love somebody, I would never treat that person poorly or do them wrong, right? You just wouldn't. And, it, and so the problem we have as human beings is, we treat ourselves wrong and then we don't have love, don't have respect, don't have care for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we do that because we don't have love, don't have care, don't have respect for ourselves. It's a really bad, like self-eating snake. And so what I look at is every moment that I step into my world, every decision, literally as a human being in my life, I have a decision I'm in the middle of right this very second that I'm having to figure out like, what do I do with this choice? Because there's a certain level of my human integrity that I will always hold true and someone's feelings involved. And I gotta, I gotta navigate this. And worse comes to worse, I will lose out financially uh, and relationally before I would lose out my integrity, period. No question about it. I, I can't, I can't, if I can't sleep at night, it will, it will kill me. No amount of money is worth my sleep. No amount of personal, not, it's my sleep has gotta be there. And it's only there because of integrity. And I say that to say that the past Anthony has done actions that carry integrity, that carry respect, that carry, a certain level of character for who past Anthony is. And anything I do as future or present Anthony that would diminish that or take away from that, I, I would hate current Anthony. And so because of that, the choices I make when I'm in those moments are, would past Anthony be a, approving of the choice I'm making now? Would all the work he's done be for something? And so that's how I look at hardships and staying into something. It's like, I'm just gonna show up because if I don't, I'm letting that other guy down. And then I keep on ingraining that. And over time, you get this bias to where I'm more biased towards, I don't give a damn what's in front of me. If I, if I lose integrity on this or my morality is challenged or I don't live in an ethical space, I'm not doing that. I don't care what worldly possessions I may lose. It's not going to happen if I lose the sense of self to where I can look myself in the eye and love and respect that human enough to continue showing up. Because what's cool is when you show up that way for yourself, it's easier to do it for everybody else. And that's how you have great relationships, a great career, great impact, and you live a phenomenal life. Absolutely. So one thing I caught there is you, you were talking about self-worth and self-love and such. And um, did, did you ever experience stuff like that? Like ever conflicting? Like, am, are you worth, well, you said it earlier, am I worthy of being in Oregon for uh, being mm -hmm. in the Oregon Ducks and such? How did you combat that? Like, how did you come over like self-worth, 
um, mm-hmm. self-love for all those people that are listening that are struggling with uh, those emotions of not feeling um, worthy or like like they're anything in life it's always an action love love as much as a word of feeling it's always an action love is a it's an emotional response to an action just like every emotion we have is a response to an action somebody slaps you i get angry somebody hugs me i feel happy somebody kisses me i feel loved right mm-hmm. it, it's just it's it's an emotional feeling in the backs of an action so the problem is whenever you have those feelings you have to act yourself through them and so when i look at those moments of like not feeling worthy the only way i'm going to feel worthy is if i take an action that can prove to myself in my quiet moments in the dark that I do deserve this. And so if you feel like I don't deserve this love, or I don't care, but you have to take loving actions towards yourself. You have, to sh- you have to actually build that emotion through an action. And when you do it, whether it's loving somebody else to show and bring love to the emotion of your, of your space, or it's loving yourself by just being honest, being true, whatever it is, you have to take the action to build it. And a sense of feeling worthy enough and self-love, they're kind of different. Feeling worthy is like, I want to feel like I belong and deserve to be here. I'm going to get that through taking an action and succeeding so I can stand back and say, look at Anthony, damn it, you do belong here, right? Mm-hmm. The aspect of, of not loving myself is we, we're always seeking love at outside places, external places, because that, that fills you up. Like it fills your tank when you get love, right? And so we don't have, if, if we think nobody else loves us, well, that's why, why should I love me if they don't love me? It's a weird way to look at it, which you shouldn't, but, but what you can do practically to kind of navigate that is love other people. People like to reciprocate. They do. Love on other human beings. When you love on a person, you actually get that feeling of love internally. But what ends up happening is you realize that in this whole process of the action of love and it coming back to you, you have to first teach people how to treat you. So the love that you get, you're sharing with other people that they can provide back in terms of just care and positive words are, how do you talk about yourself? Like, do you see yourself as important? Do you see yourself as valuable? How do you treat yourself? And I'll watch other people and see how they treat themselves. And they're literally training me on how I should treat them, but it's not the right training. Like sometimes they talk down, they, they, they're negative, they're, they're bad, they point their flaws out. Like, yeah, you wouldn't do that to a friend you love. Go, go have a relationship with a buddy you love or a girl you love and be like, you're ugly, you stink, you suck, you're not good at that. See how long they're still a friend, right? But we'll do it to ourselves and wonder why other people do it to us because you're training them poorly. So first do it to yourself. Like it sounds odd, but talk to yourself positively. Say positive things, love on yourself, like take yourself places, buy yourself gifts, do, love however you need to see love. And then people will see what your value is because you'll be carrying it for yourself and they'll understand how they must interact with you at a certain level. And then in doing so, they'll, they'll treat you with respect and love. And guess what you want to do? Reciprocate. So now I give and they give and I give and it's a back and forth. It's always a give to get, always a give to get. First give it to yourself, then give it to others, but give it back. Absolutely. So it starts with you, you'd say. It always does. Everything, every human thing starts with us, our filter, how we view the world. It's all, I mean, even the, the, the visceral world that we live in now, if we want to take it to like a psychological space, is we literally are just meaning-making machines. Everything that, that happens in our life, it's a, it's a matter of what meaning we give it. The stupid thing that people do is give it bad meanings just to be able to stay in a wallowing space. Like, why would you give it that dumb meaning, a dark meaning, if it's going to make you feel that way? You Absolutely. don't have to give it that meaning. So choose a different meaning to it. And then you get to experience the world in a different way. So somebody cut you off. Why are you telling, why are you telling yourself they did it because they're just disrespectful and rude? Why is it that they're not on arrest at a hospital because their wife's having their baby? Like, who knows? But the thing is, we give these negative meanings and we feel the world that way. And so if you keep giving a negative meaning, you're going to feel a negative feel. You're going to give out to the world negatively. And what does the world do? Reciprocate. It's rude back to you. So you create an entire world based off what your thought processes are. So it always starts internally with you. 
Yeah, that's wow. That you hit the the nail just perfectly. Something I've been I've been thinking about lately is I read a statistic saying that eighty percent of the human thoughts, the average human thoughts, are negative, and mm-hmm. I think that's something that society's accepted to. I think society sees all this stuff, whether it's a Twitter post, a meme, or just anything, and they they see almost negativity as a joke or something funny. Do, do you ever see that, or do, do you ever relate to that? You think that's why yeah, a lot of people are what's it's the negativity that we're fed all day. It's what we see. It's it's mm. it sells newspapers, it sells headlines, it sells magazines. We are more apt to believe something negative than to believe something positive. Just what we're, we as humans do, we love the drama of it. I don't know why, but Pete, like my life is very, I don't even like the word drama. My life is very problematic free. Like I'm very drama free. Uh, and I don't, I don't like to feed into that negative aspect, but it does sell newspapers. It sells magazines. It's like the, what, what did they do? What's going on? And that's why it's always there. And, and I wish our mind was tuned differently, but we, we're going to get what we tune in to do, what we train our brain to, to locate and, and find, we're going to get that it always will happen. And, Sadly, yes, I believe that we are are negatively tuned as humans to see what's going on and see what's wrong, mm-hmm. and we're drawn to it. And I don't think it's always our fault because it's continuously re-ingrained through the, the things that we see every day in our society. Absolutely. Politics is kind of a perfect example to that, something that came to my mind when you were saying that. But as far as just things being negative, you've seen a lot of negativity in your life. You've been mm-hmm. through a lot of negativity in your life. How do you combat that? You've obviously persevered so many times. You've mm-hmm. gone through this whole roller coaster yeah. and you've obviously, it's, it's no, it's nothing new to you. How, how do you get through all that? I just, I, I stay in my own head and my own lane. It, it sounds easy to do, but really what it is, is everything's reactionary, right? So everything that happens, the negativity you feel is based on an action. So it gives you a feeling. And we talk about the, the feelings that come with it, right? It's a, it's created um, an emotion is created from the feeling we have, right? So this happens, I get the emotion of anger or pain. And then as I started looking deeper into it, it's like, well, I get to give a mean to that, right? I get to choose what I want to do with that. And so I don't know, I'm a black man. I get a lot of funny, weird racial marks every once in a while. You need to get a run into it. It's common. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's common. And so in doing so, it's like, I get to choose what to do with this. And here's the thing, because we're always, um, we're always in that space of, of dealing with people, that's really what we're talking about, the negative actions. I always thought of it this way. So if somebody is genuinely happy, joyous, at peace, like they're just, ah, uh, you know, at that level, they, they don't have this, this negativity fluent out of them. Like they don't, they don't, they're not mean to people. They don't call names. They don't cause havoc. They don't, they don't do, there's no outbursts. It doesn't happen. So when I find people doing that, my immediate thought is, man, what kind of pain are they experiencing? Hmm. So I literally go to an empathy for who they are. And then they'll say things, do things. And that's what it, 40% of Americans supposedly have like mental disorders, not maybe crazy ones, but they have some form of it. I'm sure I'm part of crazy. I, so do I do, I gotta be crazy to do what I do. But at the end of the day, I give a lot of people grace for not knowing yet how to operate the most intricate computer that man has ever dealt with, which is the brain. We know nothing about it. We know more about the universe than we do about the human brain. Like there's so much going on there. It's the organ that named itself. We have never really genuinely worked on to a depth grasp of getting what it means. Right. So, with doing that, some people are dealing with this. They're not given the tools to do so. So if you say or do something, if it's what I deem to be mean specifically to me because you really know me like that's one thing. And even then, I, I realize that there's this concept of taking a gift, right? There's a story I heard about Gandhi years ago, and it's maybe not even true about him, but I heard he was like sitting somewhere years ago when he was alive and someone walked up and they started, you know, cussing him out and berating him. And 
one of his followers was watching and he says, thank you. Guys, no, you don't get it. I can just keep going in on him and just call him names. He goes, thank you. The guy gets frustrated, throws his hands in the air, and just walks off. And so this guy goes, how do how you just let that guy talk to you like that and call you such awful names? He says, well, if somebody tries to give you a gift and you don't accept it, they have to walk off with that. Wow. And so I was like, for me in my life, it's like, well, if they try to give me negativity, they probably got this gift inside that's not a gift, but it's a bad present of negativity. If I don't accept that into me and I don't bring that negativity in, he has to walk away with that. And I get to go back to my life, living the way I want, making positive meanings of moments in my life. Now, I'm not going to sit here and be like, nothing's ever bad. It's all amazing. Believe me, I've had my fair share. But there's always that cognitive realization going back to saying, how do I want my life to be turning out? And I, I've always looked at the way that I handle this moment will determine the quality of the next moments of my life. Mm -hmm. So what I do now will determine if I'm going to be happy the rest of the day and have a good night with my wife and my kids, or if I'm going to let a conversation that happened in the morning carry through to the evening and damage our relationship, even if a little bit. For what? Because this person, I let them get in my head. For why? Son, there's no need to let that get in. So I just walk away from it or I deal with it when the time comes or I go back to my, my safe space, but I'm not going to let that affect this other stuff. And, and also I clear out a lot of people in my life who might do that. I mean, it can't get away from the crazies on the internet, but they're crazies on the internet. So you just let them do what they do. It's, it's all part of the process. But those in my life that are around me, I have, a, I've got a really tight circle, man. I got people who are, who get what I do, who don't get what I do, but all of them love Anthony. Therefore, even if they don't get what I do, they get me. They love me. We're good. We're happy. And we just live life. And that, I think, is at the end of the day, my goal is just to have a ton of great experiences and relationships. I think that's the beauty of life. Life is, what's the meaning of life? It's to have more positive than negative experiences and share them with great people. Absolutely. So one last question I want to ask before we go is for the audience member that's going through it, that's struggling, mm -hmm. that is just lost and does not know where they want to be or just confused, mm -hmm. what kickstart? could you give them in life in order to just kind of get a little jump start so they can go on with their mm -hmm. life and, and understand that this is all momentary. Yeah. I mean, the first thing is going to be talking to people. Most people, like, they, they bury it inside. They don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, I did that when I was like, it almost took my life. I just buried this pain of like my relationship was falling apart. My health was falling apart. My business was failing. I felt like a loser. I, I hurt my, myself, lost my NFL career. And you just get to a bottom or like it's a bottom. And I think in those moments, what I never did was let anybody in. I don't want anybody to see this tough guy sweat. You know, I'm just, I'm Anthony, I'm the former NFL linebacker. So first thing is letting people in because the moment that you actually admit you got a problem, you give yourself permission to fix it. Prior to that, you're trying to cover it up and you never, you never give yourself internally freedom to actually work on that part of you. So first things first, like, hey, I'm, I'm dealing with this and I really need some help. Do that. And then open up to someone you respect. Don't go talking to random people just because they don't know. Like most people are afraid to talk to people who know them because they think like, oh, they're going to know me and it's going to be weird. Those are the best people to talk to because they'll give you grace and they'll listen. The person that doesn't know you, it's not always the best person because they have no vested interest in whether or not you, you take that good or bad, whatever their feedback is. So let people know and then seek out help. There's nothing wrong with going to talk to somebody that, that understands how to navigate this and understands from working with tons of people how to get people past these points. It's literally some people's jobs. So let them do their job. Absolutely. It's usually a pride factor too for most people. They just don't want to get past that barrier. 
And mm-hmm. I've definitely been, I've been there and it, it, it's definitely hard, but at the end of it, and Anthony, I just want to say thank you. Number one, for letting me interview, being a part of the show, just being a phenomenal human being to say the least. I appreciate you. you. Very welcome, man. Now, where can people connect with you if they want to go reach out to you? Uh, on Instagram at Anthony trucks, it's the best place to find me personally there. Yeah. Awesome. Guys, definitely go check out Anthony. Go follow his story. He's a great guy. He has a lot going on and definitely go check him out on American Ninja Warrior. Guys, we'll see you later. You were listening to Impact My City. Tune in next week for more knowledge and find ways to fulfill your dreams.